0: One minute. Yeah.
1: guys what's going on i am your host lisa and i'm eric and welcome to the music matters media podcast today we have a very interesting discussion that we are going to be diving into and that is cell phones at concerts can we live with them or can we live without them
0: that is the main question man we have a lot to talk about this
1: yes that we do but as always before we can get into that we have our top three international countries of this week so eric you ready to just get right to it let's do it all right coming in at number three we have india
0: nice very nice congratulations you guys
1: shout out to india coming in at number two we have canada
0: nice always a pleasure to see them in the top three
1: Yes, Canada, much love always. Thank you guys for consistently making our top three. Cannot thank you guys enough. And climbing their way all the way to number one to take our top spot, we have the Philippines.
0: Nice, very nice. Much deserved, guys. Congratulations.
1: Also, another very loyal fan base going on there in the Philippines. Top three, we got India at number three, Canada at number two, and the Philippines at number one. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who takes the time to click play and listen to our podcast. We cannot thank you enough without you guys. There wouldn't be a show here for Music Matters. So thank you once again. And Have no fear if you want to make it onto our top three next week or any week after that. All you have to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with any loved ones you may have, and we could be shouting you out next. All right, Eric. So let's give a little breakdown on how we came to today's topic. Pretty much, you and I went to go see the Rack and Tours with my dad. This past Friday, which was completely amazing. What an experience that was. That was in the city at the Hammerstein Ballroom. My first time being there. What a venue. What a night. We'll get into that just in a little bit. But the reason why we bring this up is anybody that has seen Jack White perform before or knows of Jack White and his history knows that he is not a big fan of cell phones.
0: Yeah, basically... He has enacted a new policy, so to speak, where he's banned cell phones from any of his concerts. It's not just the racking Tours, it's his solo act. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he will eventually do with The Dead Weather, which is his third band. And if the White Stripes were around today, one can always hope that they One come can back.
1: hope. I'm still holding out for that reunion. Me
0: too. But um, if they were around, he would do the same thing with them, no doubt. But basically what he has been doing at these concerts is that he's been taking the audience members' phones and locking them in special pouches. That way they can't be opened during the show.
1: So the way that this works is that this company called Yonder, I believe that's how it's pronounced, they provide the pouches at the show so you walk in and you would do the normal you know bag check and you would go through and make sure that you're good with security and then after that you're handed a pouch and you put your cell phone in the pouch and then they lock it for you and they give you your cell phone back at the show however throughout the entire show your cell phone is locked so you can't open that pouch until you go back to the front where they are located and they have to unsnap the pouch to reopen it so if there's an emergency they're there to open the pouch of course but during the show it's locked so you can't pull a fast one and be like okay I'm just gonna like open the pouch and check the time real quick or I'll just text my girlfriend real quick can't do that it's locked it's secured and the good part about it is that you have your phone physically still on you it's not like they lock it in a, in a locker or away somewhere because I was thinking going into it, I'm like how is this gonna work because there are literally thousands of people going to shows in general and how are they just gonna take everybody's phone and then how are they gonna know whose phone is who and they're gonna have a ticket system you know I was just very curious about how the whole yonder thing works this was my first time at a show with no cell phones and experiencing this. So it was brand new.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, at at least in our adult lives, it was brand new. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) I did mention at the show, I was like, wow, Eric, the last time I went to a show, without a phone or didn't look at my phone. the first two concerts that I went to, the very first concert I ever went to was Reliant K. And then the second concert I ever went to was Justin Timberlake, Future Sex Love Sounds on that tour. And for both shows, I was like between the ages of 13, 14. So I wasn't on my phone back then. And I wasn't concerned of, uh, even if I had a phone, which I'm pretty sure I had a phone, flip phone, and the quality on those things are not, uh, Anywhere near up to par as iPhones are. So young me was not thinking about snapping pics on my flip phone. Those were tucked away. But honestly, that is the last time that I didn't either bring a phone to a show or look at a phone during a show. So that took me back. And I, I mentioned that to you in the crowd. I'm like, wow, Eric, this is the first time in years that I haven't had my phone.
0: Yeah, me too, man. Like My first two concerts, similar to you, I... Didn't have a phone. I didn't have cameras either. So it was all about the experience for those two shows. But you're right. After those two concerts, there hasn't been a show that I've been to where I haven't snapped a picture or taken video. So, you know, of course, now that we're going to discuss what the experience was like, I just want to start off by saying that it was a very nice change of pace.
1: And now that I think about it, now that we're really diving back into the archives here with our first two shows that we've ever been to, Not only were the flip phone quality of pictures complete garbage um, and some didn't even have the ability to take pictures on the phone. But I do remember that was the era of digital cameras where I remember it was a really big deal for you to go to Best Buy and buy a digital camera and you would be holding a block of a camera if you did want to take pictures at a show because your phone either didn't have the capability to do so or the quality was just complete garbage. It's funny to look back at it now, honestly.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. And if you think that's funny, you know, just think about how that was in the 90s or any decade, you know, prior to that, you know, you you really do have an appreciation for it after a while.
1: Have you seen the meme of the lighters versus the cell phone lights? Because that (laughs) always trips me out, like 90s show and then everybody's holding up their lighters and then, you know, then it's like show from the 2010s and then everybody has their phone light out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Someone, it's funny because I remember I went to this Battle of the Bands thing in high school and someone did that except they had an image of a candle burning on their phone screen. It wasn't even just like the light <laughs> from their phone.
1: You know what that reminds me? That reminds me of Netflix, the U-Log that they have on Netflix. Where you can literally play that in the background as your quote-unquote fire while you're sipping your eggnog or whatever during <laughs> the holidays. It's hilarious.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> but anyway... Getting back to the show. Let's talk about the show itself really briefly um, before we get into our main topic of cell phones at concerts. Because I have a lot to say about this. I want to dive into the pros, the cons, what the experience was like, and just really delve into all that. But before we get into that, let's just discuss the show. Eric, you more so than anyone that I know is a Jack White enthusiast, and you are a huge fan of him in general, his solo work, his other bands, Rack and Tours. You're a fan of it all. So, how did this show hold up to you? Did it meet your expectations? Did it blow your expectations away? What were you expecting? And how was everything for you to take it all in?
0: You know, it just, it, it was everything I wanted it to be and so much more because, as you said, I, I'm such a huge Jack White fan. Ever since I found out about him and the White Stripes back in my very early college years. I've just been so obsessed with him and what he stands for, his guitar playing style, everything about him. You know, I'm so mystified by him and influenced by him as well. Um, You know, and after years of just seeing all of his bands on YouTube and countless live footage, for me to finally be there and see it for myself, you know, that was just like... You know, it's basically the opportunity I didn't get back in 2012 when he came out with uh, his first solo album called Blunderbuss. I had a chance to go see him at Webster Hall, but because, unfortunately, I wasn't as savvy about buying tickets as I am now. I
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're a pro now.
0: I really missed out on my chance. But, and I will touch upon this later when we talk about cell phones, uh, the cool part about that show was that they streamed it live. So even if I couldn't go there physically, I could watch it from my laptop. So even though, yeah, I missed out on the in-person experience, it wasn't a complete loss. So, you know, for the time, that was the closest thing I could get to seeing him live.
1: That's great to hear. It's definitely better than nothing. It's a great idea for all the folks at home who couldn't make it to the show or just who couldn't travel out specifically to Webster Hall or to NYC. You know what I mean? That it gives people the opportunity across not only America, but the world to stream this concert.
0: Exactly. And, but you know, all these years later, finally being able to see him in person and, you know, just be in a room full of people and all of that. It was just so amazing. The opening act was amazing. Shout out to Olivia Jean and her band. I've been a fan of hers for years as well.
1: Who's also signed to Third Man Records. Eric, we cannot talk about Jack White without talking about Third Man Records. So give everybody that's listening the breakdown of Third Man. You know about Third Man more than anybody I know. You have the subscription. Let's hear it.
0: Yes. so basically Third Man Records is a record label, but it's just so much more at this point. Jack has really expanded it. So, you know, he's got a a storefront in Nashville and then he's got another storefront in Detroit where, you know, they basically have a really bunch of cool live events and giveaways. Um, If, you know, the people listening know about Third Man, then they certainly know about the Third Man Vault subscription. For those that don't know, it's basically a quarterly subscription where you pay a certain amount of money and every three months, you get a record at your house, and it's very limited edition. Um, Just to give an example, uh, the last one they did was a record by one of Jack White's very early bands, before even joining the White Stripes. And, you know, that stuff is really hard to come by as it is, but they decided to repress the album into this really awesome orange variant, and whoever is subscribed to the Vault subscription gets a copy. So that's one of the things that they do. And now apparently they have this cool service where you could send your music to a studio in Nashville and they can mix it and master it for you. And so, you know, he's always like looking for ways to just really push the envelope on what it means to be creative, especially with vinyl.
1: He's a true creative genius because you can tell that. In every sense of the word, Jack White is constantly, like you said, thinking of new ways to expand his music catalog and to really promote that creativity, whether it be in his solo work, in his side bands, in the label itself, in the subscription. he is His whole entire life is music, and I just respect him and admire him so much for just wanting to literally put his heart and soul into everything that he does.
0: Yeah, and, you know, he has a whole roster of artists under Third Man Records that are signed to that label. And he also collaborates with a bunch of other artists as well. Now, the thing to know about Third Man Records is that there are two locations for it. There are two storefronts, one in Detroit and one in Nashville. The one in Detroit is newer than the one in Nashville. The one in Nashville is that got—that's the one that got everything started. You know, that's where— The original. Yes, that's the original storefront, but— It's not just a storefront. There's also this it also serves as a performance venue, too, because he's got this thing called the Blue Room where he will invite other bands to perform there and he'll actually record their shows live and they will be pressed to vinyl right then and there. So he has a bunch of those performances live also on the Third Man Records website. And I believe that some of them are available to the general public, if not all of them. You know, the stuff that's in the Vault subscription, which is only available to members, that's, you know, the exclusive colored records that he puts out. But it's cool that he also has stuff for the general public that they can also buy. And getting back to Olivia Jean, she is one of the artists that is signed to Third Man Records. So I found out about her through this band called The Black Bells, which is a really cool uh, horror themed rock band, which I found really awesome. And I've been following her since then. Um, Unfortunately, I'm going to assume that they went on hiatus or disbanded. And now Olivia Jean is a solo artist who has put out two albums.
1: And man, what a guitarist. She was ripping it on stage. That was something that stood out to me the most about their performance in general was the musicianship and the way that she can just rip it on that guitar. She was shredding. And I was absolutely loving every minute of it.
0: Yeah. And the thing about her is that she's a multi-instrumentalist. So yeah, you know, her backing band, fantastic. But the cool thing about her is that when it comes to recording her music, she plays almost everything it's amazing. She plays drums, bass, keys. Wow. Yeah. She, oh my God. She's a powerhouse. And so, you know, she actually just put out her new album called Night Owl last week. And I was super excited for it because the first album that she came out with called Bathtub Love Killings was so awesome. And I really was... Super curious to see what new music she would bring this time.
1: So, for those who may be listening that aren't aware of her music and her style of music or her bands, how would you describe it?
0: I would say it's it can be very punk rock at times, very garage rock. I'd say that's the main. Yeah, I would label. agree. Yeah. Um, basically, if you know who Dick Dale is, then you'll like her music because she's very much influenced by him. You can especially hear it in in her guitar solos. She is just phenomenal but you can also hear that you know rockabilly influence it's really awesome but of course she'll also mix it up with other things too um she performed a cover that she sang in a different language which is really freaking awesome and that's also on the new album as well
1: a uh, quick question is there anything that this woman can't do
0: uh quite frankly no <laughs> and what i love is that you know i love that she was there representing for the females and you could really tell that she resonated with the females in the audience because you could hear, you know, a lot of the girls in the audience going, Yeah, you go, girl, and all that. <laughs> yep. And I'm glad because, you know, there, there is a lot of female talent. There, out there needs especially. to be
1: more female talent in the music industry. I cannot stress that enough. More singers, guitarists, drummers, just all around. We need more females in the music industry, especially you know, in the rock scene.
0: Yes. And, it, and that exactly. It warms my heart to see. Someone like Olivia Jean shredding on that guitar every bit as well as Jack White can, and that's what really just made me so happy to see her live.
1: And speaking of Jack, we got to get to the Rack and tours here. I need to ask you because you've been waiting for this moment for so long up until this point. What were some highlights and moments that stood out to you during their set?
0: Oh my God, what didn't stand out? That that show was just flawless from top to bottom, but. Like I said, it's just so cool to, you know, finally experience it for myself, what it's like to be there and, you know, witness what a powerful live band they are. Because they are fantastic in the studio. But the thing to know about Jack White is that in the studio, as amazing as he is, he is also very much a minimalist in the studio, especially with the guitar. You know, he won't really go into a solo that much on some of his recordings. Like, yes, he will have guitar solos on most of the albums he does, but he always ends up holding back in the studio. Now, live, he's a completely different monster. And the reason why I think that is because when he's recording music for his studio albums, I feel like he would rather let the song do the talking than his guitar playing. I feel like he puts less emphasis on his guitar playing because, you know, maybe... It's just a theory, but maybe it's not as important to really show off much in the studio.
1: In the studio, he wants the song to speak for itself. So by the time the crowd has memorized those lines in that song and they go to these live shows, that he can really put it all out there and uh, show off. And, you know, his showmanship is all about being on stage and thriving off of that energy of the crowd.
0: Exactly. He would much rather, because he feeds off the crowd, he'd much rather save that energy for, for then, you know, and man, does he deliver because, you know, you, you think you've figured out his songs and then you go see him live and he incorporates so many different things. He either extends them and does jamming sessions or he incorporates other songs in there. Like I remember back in 2012, when I actually saw that show that, uh, he was streaming, he, Brought two bands with him, an all-female band and an all-male band. The, the all-female band was called the Peacocks and the all-male band was called the Buzzards. And when it was time to perform at the Buzzards, he played a song from his third band, The Dead Weather. It's called I Caught Like a Buffalo, but in the middle of that song, he deviates from... From I Caught Like a Buffalo and starts singing the lyrics to No Church in the Wild by Jay-Z and Kanye West.
1: That's so cool. That is so cool. And what I love about that is it shows that he really has his ear to music and the music industry Not just in his own lane and in his own genre of music, but really appreciating all types of art throughout in each genre. And to be able to incorporate that within his own music, in his own set, I think that's amazing.
0: And that's actually starting to seep into his studio work. Because in the past, he's always been very garage rock. Or if not that, then his music has been tinged with country music as well. This time on his third solo album called Boarding House Reach. He really went for it. He included so many different styles into this one album. So you're right. He really keeps his ear pressed to the ground in terms of, you know, what's trending out there and what other styles he could incorporate into his own work. So I really applaud him for that, honestly.
1: Yeah, I really respect and admire artists that really want to push the envelope and Break those boundaries and really put themselves out of their element. Whether it lands or not, for me, is not the crucial point of what they're trying to do. But if I could see that they're making an attempt to go out of their comfort zone, that's what really makes me respect that artist even more so the fact that they had the courage to kind of branch out and not be boxed into the same style of music.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, going back to the Rack and Tour show, that's one of the things that I was really looking forward to, just their penchant for being so unpredictable with their live performances. And wow, what a, what a performance. I mean, you know, they, they did extended jam sessions. He, you know, they were,
1: shut the place down for yeah, crying out loud. Oh
0: my God. There were guitar solos, despair, you know, it was just, Fantastic, and he also did some other covers, which I wasn't expecting. He did a cover of The Stooges "I Want to Be Your Dog," which is awesome. He also did a cover of Albert King's "Born Under a Bad Sign," which was even more awesome. You know, just because I'm such a huge fan of Albert King, and one of the highlights for me, and this was probably the one thing I was really looking forward to, um was the performance of the song "Blue Veins." And the reason I love this song is because in the studio version, there's really No guitar solo at all. It's really just a bunch of like really cool backwards effects where you hear Jack's vocals being played backwards and that's all it is. Live though, this song is a beast. I mean, he goes on an extended jam session. It's basically a slow blues song and he really milks it for all it's worth in terms of the guitar. He, God, I I can't even tell you how long that solo he played was, but it was fantastic i mean it was the one thing that i've been looking forward to experiencing live for years and man did he deliver it was orgasmic dude
1: jack white is really a force to be reckoned with once he's up on that stage he's completely unpredictable you never know what's going to come out of him he is everywhere completely shredding on his guitar and he's also playing keys too. That really threw me for a loop. I'm like, wow, this is a really nice treat to see him uh, go back and forth. And also I do want to give a shout out to the co-lead Brendan Benson, because I know it's easy for Jack to just come right in and steal the show, but you have to give this dude credit as well. What a phenomenal singer, what a phenomenal guitarist. He really, really, to me, stood out as part of their performance in the sense of I loved his voice I love the energy that he was giving up on stage and I just love the way that those two interact together and when they're jamming together and you can tell that they're just so involved into the music and they're so passionate about it and I really like the interaction between the two
0: and I'm glad that you mentioned him because that's a nice little segue into mentioning the others you know I was just as excited to see them because together, they are just one of the best bands I've ever heard, both in studio and live. Brendan Benson, amazing songwriter, amazing yes. singer. Yes. He is a fantastic artist in his own right, has been for for years. Then you've got Dean Fertita, who was mostly playing keys that night, also plays guitar. He is the guitar player in The Dead Weather, and he has also been a member of Queens of the Stone Age as well. Uh, then, of course, you have Patrick Keeler, which is the drummer. Fantastic. Him and the bass player, whose name is Jack Lawrence. Uh, His nickname is LJ, which means Little Jack, (laughs) because he's younger. Uh, Both of them belong to this band called the Greenhorns, which is another fantastic garage band from Detroit. Every one of these band members is just so fantastic. They're all amazing at what they do. They're all unique at what they do. And without any one of them there, it just doesn't work, in my opinion. They were all on fire. I'm glad that I could see all of them live.
1: I'm glad that I could see all of them with you live. What an experience it was. Definitely blew my mind, for sure.
0: Absolutely. And one thing I absolutely loved was just the audience. They were just so alive. You saw people headbanging. You saw couples dancing. You saw people jumping around, throwing the double horns in the air. Totally one of the best crowds that I've had the pleasure of going to a concert with.
1: And that is the most perfect transition, Eric, because... I wanted to ask you this. Do you think that the crowd's reaction and their reception to Jack had anything to do with the fact that they weren't on their phones, looking at their phones, taking pictures, taking videos? Do you think that that made a difference and why?
0: I absolutely do. And I'll elaborate more on this a little bit later, but here's why I think so. Obviously, the the stress and I say that with their quotes, the stress of having to take photos and video and getting that perfect shot, so to speak, that was eliminated. So instead of focusing on the need to really capture the band, they could just focus on enjoying them and just really being one with them, so to speak. They could really enjoy witnessing their talent on their instruments and just dancing and just being there. Something that they wouldn't really be able to do if they constantly had to worry about, oh, wait, I can't really see what he's doing, you know, trying to document everything on their phones.
1: And ultimately, you think, of course, that's what Jack is aiming for, is for people to just live in the moment.
0: Absolutely. Because he f- he's a live performer and he feeds off that energy every bit as much as the crowd feeds off of him. So because he gets his energy from a crowd that's engaging in what he's doing, I can totally understand why it would not sit well with them if instead of engaging with him, they're just essentially looking at him through screens, you know. So, yeah, you know, this is definitely a step in the right direction towards uh, better concert experiences.
1: So I know this was your first time as well doing a concert with no phone as an adult. How did you feel about the pouch system Do you think that it was fully effective? Did you miss your phone during the set? Were you bummed out that you couldn't get any footage or anything or have that memory with you? Did you prefer to live in the moment? How are you feeling about it?
0: Okay, so I think the pouches are definitely a great idea. There's only like... There's like maybe one thing wrong that I see with it and it's design wise.
1: So real quick, speaking on design, because I forgot to mention this earlier, just so listeners can get a vivid picture of what these pouches look like and how they operate. When I said earlier that you put your phone into a pouch and then they lock it, the only way for you to unlock that pouch is through the people that are operating the Yonder service. And basically what they do, it's kind of like when you're returning a t-shirt or you're buying a t-shirt rather, and that shirt or that item of clothing has a security tag on it. And then when you purchase it, they take it off at the front register. That's exactly what you should envision when you're thinking of these Yonder pouches. It's the same system.
0: Basically. And basically my only... My only uh, complaint with it is, I guess, the design. Now, obviously, the whole point of the design of these pouches is so that you can't access your phone. So I get it. The only thing that I think is a risk, and I say this because everybody makes mistakes, um, the only thing about it is that because you can't see which phone is which, You know, you know, what if someone gets the wrong phone and then that turns into a whole mess?
1: Right. If you have multiple people with you and they're all thrown into these pouches and you unlock them, but then you give it back and you give it back wrong phone, wrong person, that could be a whole big ordeal
0: exactly now obviously at this concert they do what they do at other shows where they a
1: thorough check
0: yes and they give you a tray where they put all of your stuff in there but again you know people aren't perfect they make mistakes what if they put the wrong pouch in the wrong tray
1: there's always room for error here
0: exactly so you know that's really the only complaint i have with that now in terms of practicality i think this was very much effective in terms of a Providing the audience with a better concert experience.
1: You know what I was thinking about it? I was thinking more so of what if somebody forgot to shut their phone off or put it on Vibrate, they have it on Ring, and then they get locked into that pouch. And then the concert's going on and their phone is ringing during the show, but then they can't shut it off. Because, you know, when you go to the movies or something and they tell you, of course, in the previews shut off your phone and then you still have some people that refuse to follow that or maybe just by mistake. They thought it was on vibrate, whatever, and then it starts ringing and they either walk out with it or they quickly put on silent But during this experience, you wouldn't be able to have that opportunity because it'd be locked away. So you just have to awkwardly let it ring.
0: That's very true. And I hadn't even thought of that. But let me just say that in the case of the Tours, you wouldn't have heard that
1: phone. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no way in hell you would have heard that phone over a Jack White solo, that's for sure. <laughs> and on that note, Eric, let's get into the pros and cons of having phones at shows. So first off, we'll start off with the cons of having a phone at a show. So what are some things you as an avid concert goer, as well as I, that we can point out of the bad aspects of having a phone at a concert? What are some things that really grind your gears? I have a couple of them. I'll let you go first.
0: So one of the negative things about having a phone at a concert, and I say this as someone who has repeatedly taken photos and video of concerts, um, it is it is distracting. As as much as you want to get that moment for yourself so that you can look back on it years from from then, it is distracting and it really does take away from the experience because you're so worried about getting a clear visual of the artist that, you know, you don't even pay attention to what they're doing really. And it's just so much more stressful for you to do that than it is to just really be there and listen to them play.
1: I have two main grievances here, okay? The first one is that it's extremely, extremely inconsiderate to those around you, meaning if you have your phone up and you keep it up the entire concert, it's different because I too take video, and photos at concerts. Obviously, that's part of where the idea of Music Matters came from, along with many other factors. But yes, I take pictures and photos at concerts. However, I take them for the moment or maybe for the song that I was waiting for and then I put my phone back in my pocket and I don't have it up the entire show. I think it is extremely inconsiderate to other people surrounding you to have your phone up the entire show. And to be blocking somebody's view because you want to not only watch it, but watch it through your phone and then have somebody else that may not be as tall as you or behind you or whatever the case may be and completely block their view. And they have to stare at your phone and watch the concert through your phone when they're just trying to see their favorite artist or favorite band play. I cannot stand that.
0: I agree, and I do the same thing as you. Like, if there's a song that I really, really have been looking forward to seeing, and I really feel like I need the memory of that to look back on, then okay, fine. I'll take video of that one song, and I'll just keep it very minimal. But to document the whole thing, I mean, that's overkill.
1: And the second grievance I have with people who film the entire concert Is exactly the Jack White theory. Are you even enjoying the moment? Live in the moment. Just take it all in. You do not need to be watching everything through your phone. What is the point of physically being there if all you're going to do is look through your phone when the artist is right there in front of you? And you could be doing the same thing at home. You want to watch it, watch it on YouTube. You want to check out pictures, go on Instagram. There's plenty of ways that you have access to pictures and videos of certain things. And the fact that I can understand, like I said, I've done this for specific songs or moments that you know that you want to just grab something funny or something unpredictable happens, you want to pull out your phone, grab the moment, that's fine. But to have your phone up the entire concert and document the entire show Nobody wants to see your footage from your iPhone 6 of the concert when they can actually go to the concert themselves or see professional footage on YouTube of said show. In your example, like the streaming of the concert back in 2012 for Jack White, exactly that. There's other ways that people can access the show if need be or see pictures videos online you do not need to stream the entire show from your phone to snapchat to instagram stories to facebook stories who are you trying to impress here are you here to enjoy the show for yourself or you're just worried about bragging about it later on and showing your friends like oh look at me look what i'm doing are you actually taking the time to enjoy it yourself so that's a big problem that I have as well. It's it's kind of like a dual thing with the phones of being inconsiderate to those around you. And then are you even living in the moment? That's the main two grievances I have with phones at concerts.
0: And to build off of what you're saying, two things. The first thing, when I was there and I was able to you know look at the crowd and see what it was like, like I said before, you know, you saw people dancing, you saw people jumping around, you saw people headbanging and just flailing their limbs all over the place. Something that you're not going to do if you don't want to end up repairing the screen on your phone.
1: (laughs) And that's something that's something that I was anticipating the most, actually, because I knew going into it, the Jack White policy, quote unquote, of what I was getting involved in. And I gotta say, I was anticipating the crowd reaction and what people were going to do in between set as well because normally you have the opening bands and then the main band comes out. But there's time in between where they have to get the stage ready, take down all the old gear, get the other band's gear. So there's that time in between that normally the go to at this point in time in 2019 is to pull out the cell phone and browse and go on social media and whatever to kill the time in between. So I was wondering, I'm like, what are people going to do now? They're actually left with their own thoughts. Wow, what a scary, (laughs) what a scary thing to imagine. They might have to talk to somebody in the crowd. They might have to interact with each other what a world
0: (laughs) absolutely but the cool thing about that is that thankfully people still consider human interaction something valuable and you saw a lot of that you saw a lot of people you know talking and so that was like i said a nice change of pace both in terms of the social experience and the concert experience and as for the second thing uh, building off of what you said about the whole streaming here's a solution i have you know or just an idea Um, stream shows more often, you know, to be quite honest with you, because and, you know, do it for two reasons. The first one is precisely because of people that maybe don't have money for tickets. They can stream the show for free from where they're sitting in their living rooms or whatever, you know. If they can't be there in person, then at least let them take part in that some other way.
1: Exactly. If they don't have the money, if they're not able to travel to the location, there's plenty of factors that go into it. I love when artists think about people that may not necessarily be able to make it to the show.
0: And the second reason I have for streaming a show, and this is not <laughs> this is partially a selfish reason, is because I'm a very short person. And almost everybody at that show was way taller than I was. Yeah, yeah. It happens to the best of us. Yes. And so you have people like me that really can't see anything. And so unfortunately, for example, in the case of the song Blue Veins, even though I finally got to experience it live, I couldn't see Jack playing anything. I probably only saw like maybe 1% of everything he was doing during his guitar solo. And I wasn't alone. There was this... Uh, other girl next to me you know she was happy to be there but she wasn't too thrilled at the fact that she had a lot of people obstructing her view
1: shout out to the short people we're thinking of you five four and under we're thinking of you
0: <laughs> so yeah you know i feel like that would also be another reason to stream a concert that way if people who um unfortunately might have missed call, out on the details exactly they can go back home and you know catch what they missed
1: and also let's be honest with ourselves here quality wise Would you trust somebody with a professional camera and gear to get that moment for you? Or are you going to trust yourself with your iPhone, whatever, your Android, whatever? And also, too, half the time, you never know what state people are in. So it's even worse when they're drunk or they're on any other substance. And then they're just kind of waving their phone around. And it's like, come on, bro. You really think that you're going to go back to that video and watch that a year from now of like a shaky Camera uh of a shaky iPhone video footage or Android video footage and be like oh yeah I remember this moment in time this was from this song during that set like no you're never gonna watch that again let's be real here
0: and I'm glad you bring that up because when I right before I bought the tickets I was reading everything on the third man website and it was talking about the pouches and everything and one of the things they say is on photos and videos no problem we've got you covered our professional photographer we'll be taking photos and we'll also take video and then we'll upload them to our YouTube channel or social media. That way you can enjoy the concert. So I feel like if more artists did that, they streamed shows, took videos.
1: If they gave alternative ways of people getting that access to the footage of that show, then there might be a higher possibility of people willingly being able to put their phones away for those two hours.
0: Exactly, because that would eliminate the need for people to document everything, and you'd be providing them with high-quality versions of what you would otherwise normally try to struggle to get.
1: All right. So Eric, as always, I'm glad that we got the cons out of the way first because I love getting the quote unquote negative out of the way and then always ending on a high note here with the positive. So now that we got the cons out of the way, let's end it with the pros. What are some pros of bringing your phone to a concert and why are they pros in your opinion?
0: So the main one for me is obviously, you know, being able to just take a piece of that experience with me you know whether it be a favorite song or or just a photo or anything like that you know it's a nice little way to just relive the moment and you know be able to tell your friends later on in life hey I was there look at that and you know especially if you're a huge lover of music like you and me it's just a way to really just admire the uh, performers a little more
1: listen as a music enthusiast talking to my parents about shows that they've went to and music that they've experienced, I know without a doubt whether they would like to admit it or not, that if they had the opportunity to document some of the shows or some of the experiences they had growing up or in their 20s, 30s, that they would they would like to have that footage now and to be able to physically show me oh this was the show that I was at these are the people that I saw this is what happened during that time instead it's all you know mental and it's all from memory and you just have to paint that picture of what it was like and me trying to get an idea of where they're coming from on certain things whereas in the future For our children, we'll be able to look back and pull out the good old like photo album or there'll be other ways, of course, because we're heading to such a technology driven society that there'll be other ways that we can show them our video footage and our photos and be like, back in my day, I went to this concert and did this. And it's just a cool way to bond with people and connect and for people to post that on social media. Yes, I said before, a lot of people do it for attention because of course they do. It's social media. People are constantly bragging and that's their highlight reel. Oh, look at me. I did this. Look at me. I ate this, etc. However, it's also a cool opportunity to bond with people across the world, posting a certain picture or a video from a show and then other people having the opportunity to comment and have the exchange. I feel like by taking that away from people, it really hurts part of the fan base and the fan interaction.
0: Yeah, totally. And especially in the case of first timers, you know, if if it's your first time going to see your absolute favorite artist or, or one of your favorite artists, I kind of feel like, you know, anyone who goes to see one of their favorite bands for the first time is inevitably going to want to take something back with them, you know, from the concert just to be like, you know, this was my first experience or this was my first concert even, You know, and, yeah, you know, coming from the point of view of people like us, it's nice to have that, you know.
1: And here's the thing, playing devil's advocate right now for phone users, people who like to take videos and pictures at concerts. I know we touched upon this just before about professional photographers and videographers. The only complaint that I would have about they can't read my mind and I can't read their mind. So yes, they're getting footage of the show, but they may or may not get a moment that I really want to get. So I might go back to the website that all the videos and photos are posted and not see something that maybe I wanted to personally grab, whether that be a specific song or like I said, an unpredictable moment. You never know what could happen during a live show. And I think that having your phone there and having that easy access to just whip out the camera gives people the opportunity to really grab and take away what they want from that moment.
0: Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more, you know, and I guess my solution would be to just take multiple angles, but of course not everybody's going to do that. (laughs) And so that's why, you know, people are like, well, you want to do something right, you do it yourself. And that's why they take it upon themselves to document
1: things. People meaning me, that sounds a lot like me.
0: (laughs) Me too, actually. (laughs) Let's be honest. And that's another thing that, you know, when professional photographers, you know, document that stuff, obviously that stuff's, you know, trademarked, it's not up for grabs, you know, not anybody can just download that and whatever. With your phone, that stuff is yours forever. You can store it on your computer, you can keep it on your phone, you can share it with your friends, you know, and and I think that's also part of the reason why people do it because, you know, they... It's it's a way to, you know, kind of like just take a little bit of that with you.
1: Not to mention the fact of this also being a pro is having that option in general. I, I'm a person, I love to have options, and they have the professional photographers and videographers there regardless, at you know, in between the barricade and the stage for these shows, so if you do want to see professional shots, you can always interact with those people, get a business card, or get their website, or... Even if you have to uh, directly message them or maybe if it's on a public platform, you could follow them on social media and find it that way. But regardless, you can have the access to their photos depending on where they're providing them to the public. And or you have your own personal, easy, accessible, fast way of taking photos and videos. So you can have your photos and you could seek their photos out as well. You can compare the two. You can grab moments from each. Maybe they got something that you didn't get and vice versa. I just like the fact of having the option there on the table and not being forced to kind of conform to this idea and that way of thinking of no this has to be like that
0: exactly and that's what it all comes down to options you know i feel like if people had more of that when it comes to you know concert experiences and you know being able to enjoy being there while at the same time being able to look back on it i feel like if people had more options at 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 uh, shows in general that would eliminate the need to bring cell phones with you and document everything while still getting to uh, you know, look back on the concert years from now, in you know, in a professional way.
1: So, moral of this whole entire discussion and story. Me personally, I think that it's perfectly fine to bring your phone and it's perfectly fine to use it and take pictures and take videos. However, make sure you're doing it for moments and not being inconsiderate to those around you and put it away after you grab whatever you want to grab. Don't have it out the entire time live in the moment and enjoy what's going on while it's going on because you're never going to get that same moment back. And that's exactly why people take the pictures and videos so that way they can reminisce and go back. However, to have that going on the entire concert, you're really missing out on the experience.
0: Absolutely. And in the spirit of what you just said of capturing a moment, I just want to say that, yes, these pouches do exist for a reason and for the grand majority of times they work. But you always have people who take it upon themselves to break the rules. And there have been people that have managed to grab audio <laughs> or video. Of and, course. And that if it wasn't for this one dude that managed to, you know, somehow get video of Jack White and Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age jamming together at a, one of the previous Tour shows, no one would know about it. It so. wouldn't exist. Exactly. So you know what? <laughs> I'm glad that these pouches are doing their job and that they're providing a better concert experience, but you know what? Shout out to this guy.
1: There's pros and cons to everything. That's how I feel about it. I don't, I don't, I'm not completely one way or the other on this. I see both the good and the bad in having phones, not having phones. I do think it's important in cases of emergency to have your phone and be accessible to your phone in case You need to get to it. However, people always abuse everything. And that's why the pouches were created to begin with, because not only do they abuse the fact of having a phone, but then they ruin it for everybody else by being completely obnoxious, waving it around, blocking people's view, filming the whole show. And then it ruins privileges for everybody else.
0: Exactly. Like, listen, you know, we live in the digital age. We're thankful for it. And, you know, we'll we'll always, you know, use our phones whenever we can to capture a moment in time or whatever. But it does warm my heart that, you know, walking away from the show, I saw that if you're willing to compromise with people and you're willing to give them solutions, then we are we as human beings are willing to, uh, you know, put the technology down and enjoy concerts the way we were meant to.
1: Absolutely. Because I did not experience phone withdrawal at all. I was glad to just be in the moment, experience what was going on and just take it all in. And there wasn't one point in time, I can absolutely say that I even thought about touching my phone. So mission accomplished to Jack White.
0: Seriously, man, what a great idea. I mean, and you're right, I didn't miss my phone one bit. It was just... Me, the band, and just rocking out and living my best life, the one that I've always wanted to live since uh, finding out about them.
1: There you go, Eric. And on that note, you guys, we're going to close out this episode and we are going to pass the mic over to you. We want to know how you feel about phones at concerts. Are you pro phones? Are you against phones? What is your reasoning behind the yay or the nay? We want to know it all, you guys. Make sure that you head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com. We want to hear all your feedback about this. I cannot wait because I know this can get into a very heated debate. Guys, just remember, it is just a discussion. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong here. We just want to hear your opinion. so make sure you keep the conversation friendly. That's all I ask. And as always, don't forget to follow us on social media at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned for our next episode.